previously on episode one of The Trident. Mary and Lena took on New York with their new friend June and moved into her $25 million Park Avenue duplex. They were fun. Cool jobs and figuring out life on their own terms. But what country mouse Mary and city mouse Lena didn't know was that there was a big rat running monkey teeth. The dot com where they landed their dream jobs. It was jailbait fucking central. Every old perv's dream. Well, Howard's perv dream. They didn't realize that this rat was laying a trap for them. It's not what comes out of your mouth Howard cares about. This is episode two of five of The Trident. I'm Natalie Burnish, and this is Podrick. Act two, the monkey shows his teeth. Mary and Lena were thriving at monkey teeth, making their Devil Wears Prada dreams come true. Lena's pseudo-brain science blog, Get the Dope, became more and more popular, while Mary found her niche with a section called The Troika, Fun, breezy, episodic articles about a trio of fabulously fun and wealthy young Manhattan socialites. It earned Mary a following as impressive as Lena's brain food blog. Because of her success, it didn't feel unusual to Mary when Howard called her into his office to quote unquote, talk about her future. Look, I'm over six feet and I have been since I was 14. I'm not a foreigner to being leered at or unwanted advances. But one thing Howard did was always look me straight in the eye. His eyes never wandered down past my neck. Never. And that, along with the success of the Troika, well, that's why I didn't suspect that anything was weird. But like any predator, Howard had his own method of attack. He was just biding his time, waiting for the right moment to pounce. And when he invited Mary over to his apartment, claiming there was potential interest in the Troika as a TV show, That was the moment. I thought, man, this is it. I'm going to have a show on HBO and my life was going to be set. Howard had this great brownstone on the Upper West Side. He took my coat like I was royalty. I was exciting, unsuspecting. I was a little surprised Jacqueline wasn't there, but I still wasn't seeing any red flags. Letting her guard down so thoroughly quickly proved to be a mistake. As promised, we'll spare you the gruesome details of the encounter, but again, the details are painfully familiar. Fawning, flattery, veiled promises followed by exhibitionism, intimidation, masturbation, and force, topped off with a giant finale of shame. I don't want or need any physical details, Mary, but how did your mind process this as it was happening and afterward? What do you mean? Did the shock and realization sink in right away? I mean, did you suddenly realize his interest in you was all a means to an end? Yeah, no. You always hear people like me. I mean, when something like this happens, people say they went numb. I felt it like a fucking tidal wave. I would have loved numb. What did the tidal wave feel like? I'll tell you what I felt like. Deflated. Angry. Worthless. Stupid. More than anything stupid. 
And the grossest thing was the way he looked at me after it was all over. Like I was disgusting. Like I was the disgusting one. Any veneer of decency or respect drained out of him after he finished. Yeah, I'd say my self-esteem deflated. Instantly. One minute I was fancying myself some high society darling, and then within moments I was a gangly, dumb hick from Lafayette again. That night, Howard tapped years of joy and thirst for life from Mary. The shift was immediate and unmistakable. Mary turned inward. We tried everything to figure out what was going on with her. She refused to talk to us. June and Lena had no idea why their friend had turned so solemn. Mary stopped going out with her friends and spent her free hours locked in her bedroom at June's. Lena and I would go out and Mary would never join us. And then Lena and I would just spend the whole night trying to figure out what the hell was going on with her. I mean, we knew it was something like what had happened, but she refused to open up. Mary had turned dark, and her writing had as well. Instead of the Troika, I started writing these insane short stories. One was about an evil cyclone that one species at a time sucked every last animal off the face of the earth until everything was extinct. The first one was the octopus. Whatever. And they just let you publish whatever you wanted? At first, yeah. (laughs) There was no editorial. The internet, you know? Just Jacqueline. I went from writing Sex in the City to giving them these dark biblical tomes. It's pretty funny to think about now. It wasn't funny to Mary's readers. They turned on her. Her comment section bashed her cruelly. Then even the haters went away, and Mary was left only with Jacqueline berating and threatening to fire her. I didn't care. That place had become a hell for me. I was so inside my own head. I was so busy feeling sorry for myself, I didn't even look out for my friends. It's what I feel the most guilt about. Within two weeks of Mary's assault, the cyclone struck again. And this time it was Lena's turn to get sucked up into oblivion. Is there a part of me that resents Mary for not warning me? Shit, yeah. But I also understand. I get it. I'd done this piece on an herbal supplement called horny goat weed. It's a real thing. Look it up. It's a natural supplement like ginkgo that helps old dudes keep it up. Anyway, Shithead wanted to buy me dinner because the blurb supposedly broke some network web traffic record. And here's the most fucked up part. I found out later Howard had taken horny goat weed that night. The night he put his hands all over me and jerked off in front of me. We're trying to stay away from details in the story, but did he touch you or hurt you? Do you want to know or not? Just whatever you feel comfortable talking about. Let's just say I got off easier than Mary did. And it wasn't my first time being accosted, violated, whatever you want to call it. But it did a number on me, yeah. Fucked me the fuck up. June now found herself host to two sullen women in victim comas. 
The once lively playpen that was her posh duplex with her newfound friends had become a silent house of pain. The silence, I mean, no, the unspoken, it was unbearable. But I wasn't putting up with it, and after about a week, I made them come into the dining room to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. I demanded to know what was going on, and finally, they spilled. The wounds were so fresh, and I felt so horrible that it happened to Lena when I could have warned her. I could have spared her. Lena says all those bottled up feelings came flowing out of them like a squall. We were all crying and screaming and hugging. It was awful. It was also kind of beautiful in a way. For people so different who had known each other for such a short time, there was so much love there. Getting it out into sunlight was cathartic for Mary and Lena, a sense of relief. But for June, it triggered something entirely different, a driving thirst for revenge no one could have anticipated. The anger had yet to fully set in for either of them, but it was there immediately for me. I wasn't about to let them just sit around like bruised animals looking their wounds while Howard went on strutting around figuring out whose life to ruin next. I was determined to help my friends not play that pathetic role of victim. I, I was determined to help them get even. Coming up on episode three of The Trident. One night, June sits us down and shows us an email thread she'd printed out. June sets out to ruin Howard. It was detailed and gross. June had created this completely fictional, oversexed Lolita from scratch. Then we were like, fuck yeah, fuck him, do this. And later, he was trying to rub up against me like some gross, feral animal. That's on the next episode of The Trident. The Trident was written, directed, and edited by Scott Firestone for the original podcast, Pod Dreams. The role of June March was performed by Laura Faye Smith. Julia Brandy Polchin played Lena Barrett, and Jessica Liz Adams played Mary Davidson. The role of Howard Black was played by Scott Firestone. Corey Landis played the reporter, and the role of the narrator, Natalie Burnish, was played by me, Brittany Grable. The Trident is a work of fiction and a production of Pod Dreams. Any resemblance to actual events or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental. For more stories of aspiration and wish fulfillment, visit poddreams.com. Oh, my